today at the Wellness Hub. Thank you for being here. My name is Monica Campana, and we have a very, very wonderful guest all the way from New York. Her name is Roseanne Riley, and um, she comes from a background of nursing, craniosacral therapy, yoga, and guided somatic approaches to healing trauma. So Roseanne, the floor is yours. I want to know everything. Well, we can't know everything, but you know, um, about your background and also what are you doing today to help uh, people? Okay, uh, I'll start with what I'm doing today to, to help people. Um, I provide healing for people who have suffered trauma. And in the years that I've done this, the people that I tend to attract are people who have suffered from childhood trauma in particular. And throughout my practice and my experience, I combine everything I know to make that healing journey as painless as possible for people. And in doing so, um, it's really coming back to the somatics of the situation. I call it the SOS, the somatics of the situation, because yes, there are elements of trauma that can be healed through the mind, but if we really wanna to get to the core of it, we've gotta travel through the body. And when we speak about trauma, it's when something has been just so overwhelming that we were not able to deal with it, that our body shut down and when it shut down, it's almost like it froze. And when it froze, nothing moved. Everything got stuck. And everything in that moment or those moments of that traumatic experience get trapped within the body. It becomes embedded in our nervous system. And it becomes a pathway for our body to react to many situations. And we become very sensitive to reading most situations as an alarm as a threat and when we operate from that level of the nervous system it makes life and living very painful for people it makes it very difficult for people and at any moment they're never quite sure when might this activate hmm. so when we speak about healing at this level one of the first things that we have to do is try and reconnect people with themselves. Because when the trauma happened, basically because of the shock of it, we became shattered. We became splintered, we became pieces. And until we can invite ourselves back into our own body, it's like a homecoming. It's like welcoming ourselves back home to really ground in the sense, the felt sense that is within you. It's not within your mind. You can talk to your mind all you like, but until you feel it deep within your own soma, your own body, it is very hard to receive anything at a cognitive level. Mm -hmm. So that's really the first step of what I do. And I'll ask you, Monica, if you were to go on a journey, what would you do? Not even a trauma journey, what would you do? What would you do before you go on a journey? On, on any journey? I mean, what type of journey? It depends on the, on the journey, but I know which journey you're talking about. Not even, yeah. even go there, go to the simplest journey. 
go for the simplest. If you were to get up tomorrow and somebody says, you got to go somewhere, what would you do? You prepare, right? Yes, you prepare. You have to prepare. Yes. You pack a bag and you prepare and you, you look at what resources you need. And healing from trauma is no different. And one of the biggest holes that I found in most trauma treatments, and especially in the ones that I trained in, was there was a lack of preparing people for this healing journey. And what I learned was the more resources you can give people before you even go near the memories, before you even go near the body, the, the, the more prepared they are to travel this journey feeling secure and feeling safe because they can always come back to a safe place. When I spoke about coming home, that that is the place where they build this unshakable alliance with themselves. So they don't have to trust you. They don't have to trust me. And it's not about how safe I help them feel. It's really comes home to themselves. And until they can feel that connection, it's, um, it's very difficult to build um, healing upon, upon anything unless that is there, unless that first step is there. So you build resources. You want them to at least know how to ground themselves, how to come home to that felt sense, how to feel secure in their own body, no matter what shows up. It's like this unshakable part. And yet, you know, you might get shaky, but part of it is becoming aware of what those signs are for you and then how to catch it before it goes too far. To know what is history showing up and to know what is present moment. Because many people, because many people they may go through their lives and, and they may not even, you know, remember consciously things and uh and and then they get sick and then there's so much you know physically and they don't know what it is mm. and and many times it's because they have to dig deep uh, in the past and 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 realize you know certain things and and so you help them do that you know prepare mm-hmm. and, uh, and then heal and then learn to do it on their own yeah so it's like a tree a three-phase process we work with the resources, then we kind of get to the root of things and all held by their own reins, done at their own time. And after that, you help them move forward. You help them move forward. And it's the truth of the matter is there's always going to be an undercurrent of it there. However, where it is now today, that pathway is very much in the forefront of your nervous system. It's taking everything over. And what I love about today and the science and research that's been coming out, and it's really coming out into the forefront now, is all about neuroplasticity. So if there's any hope for anybody who is feeling trapped in cycles, in patterns, in those vortexes and spirals of trauma, this is the hope because we can rewire the nervous system and we can lay down and practice putting in new pathways. And what can happen then is they become the forefront and the old patterns settle down and they take a little bit of a backseat. 
And as you spoke and you stated, you know, that people get sick in life and we don't have memories and then everything's kind of at a subconscious level. And the reason why that happens is, is that when we become traumatized, that part of the brain, the hippocampus that stores the memory shrinks, shrinks. And that's why sometimes we don't have the memory. And it's a very important part when we talk about trauma and especially people who suffer from childhood trauma, a lot of times you will not have a very clear memory. But what you will have will be these feelings in your body, the shaking, this tightness, this contraction, this pain, just this horrible feeling. And what I would say to anybody is you don't need to validate your feelings to anybody. They are yours, they are there, and we can work on them. And even if you don't have the memory, it doesn't make it not true. It doesn't mean something didn't happen. You may not have a clear memory for it, but we have all those other feelings and we can work with them to, at the, to tone them down so that you can feel more present and more free and more yourself. No, no, we never really, I really never had anyone, you know, in, in, in this specific field. And we really haven't heard much uh, about this form of healing. So exactly how, how does it work? You use the power of touch, correct? When I'm working with, um, from the side of my cranial sacral therapy, there is an element of the therapeutic touch with that. And what I have been working at for the last six years is being able to provide that without touch at all. Because sometimes for people who have suffered from childhood trauma, even no matter how therapeutic, how loving, how safe your touch may be, it can be a huge barrier and it can be a huge trigger. Mm. So, and I've learned that from my own clients. And in that there's a way of doing this where you don't actually need hands-on work where you reach deep into yourself through guided practices again through coming into that felt sense of safety first and once you feel that you develop this um in different philosophies it's called different things some places it's called um a medicine place sacred healing place you can call it it's just your, your home inside you where it's, it's your place, your sanctuary. And that's where you go. And that's where you end up inviting me into it if you feel safe enough to do it. And that's when we start working with it as a guided practice. And it's very similar to what I would do in my cranial sacral therapy work, my hands on therapeutic work, except it's without the touch. And to be honest with you, when people have worked with me in craniosacral therapy, I, I gained the um, nickname of um, ghost fingers because my touch was so light that sometimes people couldn't tell whether I was there or not. And not in a scary abandonment sense, but in a deeply comforting sense. And, um, and uh, when, when you work, you, you can totally work this level through guided practices and we have that whole new branch of yoga as well called somatic yoga. And we can learn to move in our body, to listen to the intuition of our body, the wisdom of our body, because a lot of times when this trauma is releasing, 
sometimes the body will move into a shape that maybe you were in at the time. So for example, I'll give a light example of say somebody who's in a car accident and maybe they suffered whiplash that maybe the neck moves very far forward into that position and then moves into a very open back type position because what happens is the trauma gets trapped in the memory of the muscles too. So you're working it at so many different levels, but it's all at the somatic level. And um, do you have do you have one on one right now? How can people find you? What's the best yeah. way to 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 contact you through your website? You have a website, right? And my website is there, and there's my email address is on the website, and then there's my connection. What's here. the name of the website? What's the name of the website? Uh, it is www.handsoftimehealing.com. Handsoftimehealing.com, which is the name of your company. This is the. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. yeah. And, uh, I founded that 10 years ago and it's been growing since. And, um, and it's, it's my heart, it's my soul, it's my passion. And there's just, there's such, it's funny, you know, when I first started, I thought I wanted to work with children and what kept showing up were adults with very hurt inner children. So I guess I'm working with children, but at a, at a different level. And when we work at this level and when we can heal the inner child, it's amazing how layers can just begin to drop away because you're getting really deep down into where these patterns were first laid down. Hmm. And in general, it was down to a very terrifying situation or many terrifying situations. Hmm. And this can come into adults lives throughout you know you can have people in their 40s who are still being hammered by their inner critics by their outer critics and who are wa walking through life loaded with these limiting core beliefs that were all put in and when you have beliefs and when you have memories with emotion memories and emotion then you have physical reactions so at at all the levels, when you come together and bring all those levels together, you have a whole sense of healing. No, it's wonderful, Roseanne. It's wonderful. It's wonderful what you're doing. And um, so how long does it take? Everybody's different and everybody's case is different. So, but more or less, how long does it take for a person to, you know, once they, first they need to acknowledge that mm -hmm. they need help because yeah. this is the yeah. first step many times we live our lives and we're like oh everything is fine everything and it's not and yeah. then and so that's step number one acknowledging that uh, maybe there is something that's you know deep inside yeah. and um and then after that they start um following you and 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 doing what you have to offer and how long how long before they can see the first result well, or feel better or you know which is sometimes hard to what i have found and um when people come to me it tends to be where they have gone through so many different things they've gone to doctors they've gone for other different types of of, of um treatments nothing's working and they they really feel they come to me as it's almost like a last hope 
and that's when I that's when I tend to get people and um, when they show up it's just listening in and even in that first session depending on how they are I can pretty much pick up whether they are operating in survival mode or whether they're somewhat grounded and stable and if they're in survival mode my priority within that first lesson even when we're working and just talking and conversing is to keep grounding is to keep slowly even a tiny tiny little bit inviting them back just just taking that breath even just taking a conscious breath and i know sometimes breathing is very difficult for people who suffer from trauma honestly i know it, it was not my port of call and it would activate things more than then deactivate things, but there are ways that we can work to start bringing in that sense of calm back into the system, coming back from survival mode. And sometimes it just takes a little attunement between me and that person. And they can just take that breath and go, finally, somebody understands. Finally, somebody's listening. And really and truly, so when you say about when might they feel the effects, it's kind of hard to say, but I will, within even that first session, get a gauge as to where they are and try and not, it's not even me trying to do it, but invite them to invite themselves back, just even a tiny little bit, just to feel a moment of safety within themselves. And after that, what I encourage people to do is if they're working with me and they feel like they're in and very much caught in this spiral in the vortex of it and they feel that brokenness they feel like rock bottom and most of them do feel like they're hitting rock bottom that they're holding onto life by their nails i will ask them to at least do three sessions in close succession we're trying to lay down and in all of those sessions what ends up what i end up offering them are recordings that they have access to when they feel they need it. So I'll get an idea as to what resources they already have that I can build upon or what new ones can we put in place that may resonate with them. And through that, they have access to it whenever they need it. So they don't just walk away from me or just end a call with me and walk away with nothing. They will get a recording. They will get very sound, practical tools that'll help them to come back and then follow it through and they'll decide themselves. They might decide I, I'm okay for two weeks. And then next thing you know, the space gets longer and longer and longer. And then maybe they might DM me on Facebook. I give them that, that option just to DM me if they have a little dip. And they're again, back to that holding on by their, their nails. And I can just send them something. And if it's enough to carry them over, it's enough. And if it's not, then they can rebook. So it's very flexible. It has to be flexible. Everybody's an individual. And um, so that's kind of basically how it works. And uh, the yeah. so the first call is like a con consultation and it's free for a consultation. Yeah, we'll, you can call me for half an hour. And I think it's very important that you do because you know you don't know if you wanna work with somebody until you see them and speak to them. And it's very, very important. And um, I mean, it could be my accent is a trigger, could be the shape of my face could be a trigger, you know? So it is, 
saying hello. Like you and me are doing today. <laughs> and we get it together. You know, we jive or we don't. And it's okay not to. And it's very important. And I would say that to anybody who goes for any form of trauma healing, that never feel like you have to stay going with somebody. That because there's so many options out there, but you've got to always stick with the person who is moving you in a direction of stability. And that's the most important thing. And, and the one another thing is that you uh, usually people who have this type of traumas, they, they started taking medicines and now, you know, probably for most of their lives and mm -hmm. now they're either addicted or they can't get off because they think that by stopping, um, you know, if they stop taking the medicines, then they will feel bad again. But what you do is you go deep inside mm. the root of the problem so that you won't have to take mm. any medicines anymore i mean it's not going to happen right away yeah but yeah. but it's a gradual change i suppose where you're kind of healing the body from the inside out and and just so that people understand that it's not me who does the healing it's it's you who does the healing and um and and if you are trying to come off medicines, whether they're antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication or anything like that, make, again, come to back to those resources. What have you? And it's almost like you train, do some training before you, you take all the supports away. You need to have a scaffolding in place and, and to know what works for you and build that up and then build that alliance with yourself and get to know these feelings in your body, understand them for what they are. So there's that element of educating, like really educating yourself and understanding what it is that's really happening when this happens. And the more you can understand, then the picture starts falling into place. The pieces start falling into place. And that puzzle, that big puzzle that's out there, it's almost like you can just, even if you can just hold one piece and go, Oh my God, now I get it. I get why I react this way. I get why I feel in my body this way. And I get now why, you know, how it can really hold you in this vortex. And a lot of people don't even realize how at an emotional level, how you can have emotional flashbacks. So that's where one, one thing might happen. It may not be a very big thing, but it takes you down for days. And it, all it is, all it is, is all of that old stuff joining in, in that one event. And it's making it massive. And even to be able to consider that, then you can kind of take a step back and go, hang on a second. Again, deciphering what is present moment, what is current, what is true right now, and what just got added. Okay, is this my inner child coming in? Is she feeling insecure? You know, is she trying to wave a danger flag from, from a child level and not from you as an adult level? So it's, it's very, very helpful. It's very, it's, very helpful. It's wonderful. And, and um, so this, this past year, I think uh, it has been even more challenging for people with, uh, with uh, you know, traumas. And, and uh, have, you, have you seen like an increase in, in the need for people uh, for help? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Stress levels are so high. And 
a big trigger. Like you could be sailing through life, doing pretty okay, not really having any of your past trying to knock you off center too much. And then once you have stress on top of stress on top of stress, next thing you know, it's like the deck of cards. It's like the house of cards. You start pulling out one, pulling out another, next thing you know, the whole thing comes crashing down. And that's kind of what ha what's happening. Is that anything where there was maybe a mild anxiety or a mild kind of thing, it's now becoming very big and it's all down to stress. And if there's parents out there who are feeling that stress, again, come back to these resources because when we talk about childhood trauma, and it's not that it's bad parenting, but children are picking up on that stress. And it is having an, an effect because we all know we can step into environments that we feel very calm in, that feel very safe. And at a, at a child child level, how they read your stress is, is very, very different. So it's even more important that you take this time to build these resources, to connect with these resources, even if you don't wanna go through, even if you don't wanna to touch the memories, that's okay. You know, and it's just like we're in this place where we are all trying to get by. We all got hit with something like everything changed in, in a night. And, and some of us had resources and some of us didn't, but it's never too late to learn them. And it's never, and it's not to beat yourself up. It's not to, you know, go into that shame part or really, you know, be hard on yourself in any way. It's never too late. It is never too late. And whatever you can learn is going to have a knock-on effect on everybody else around you. It was wonderful to talk to you. And I hope that uh, your, um, your uh, voice will reach many, many mm. people around the world. And uh, I really am very proud of you. And uh, I appreciate this, uh, this work that you have been doing for so many years to, to help uh, to help yourself and help others uh, with, with this uh, very important topic. So uh, thank you for being here and uh, I will see you very soon, Roseanne. Thank you, Monica.